Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. to Riverdale After Dark, a podcast about the CW's Riverdale that's got some breaking news. I'm Alex. When you're in the darkness for as long as I am, you realize, hey, maybe I was born in the 1950s. That's how long it feels. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And as mentioned, not exactly breaking news. It's about 24 hours old as we are recording. Hey, that's this, okay. We're on the news cycle that, you know. And we're back in the 1950s not. when they used to deliver the news by Pony Express, I believe. Yeah, I believe that's true. Let me check okay. with my grandparents. But yes. <laughs> All right. But there's a bunch of news that came out yesterday. The season seven premiere of Riverdale. We finally have a date. It is coming out Wednesday, March 29th at 9 p.m. ET. And I, I'll tell you what, I was expecting that. I was expecting we get the season premiere date. I was not emotionally ready to also get the series finale date at the same exact time. Ooh. It is coming out Wednesday, August 23rd at 9 p.m. ET. So we don't know exactly how many episodes are in the final season, but that's 22 weeks. So it's reasonable to assume you've either got 22 straight weeks of Riverdale, or you got 20 episodes with some very short breaks in there. Either way, it's a lot. To not have any fall. Yeah. To not have any fall episodes is really surprising. Like, I Mm -hmm. I thought they would split it once again, but to drive it all the way through, whether it's 22 or 19 or whatever, is that's really exciting. I am very excited about that. I mean, not to get too much into this part, but as most folks know, there's been a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes of the CW. My presumption is they sort of want to finish off whatever this cycle of the CW is before they move into whatever 
the CW fall looks like starting in 2023. They picked up All American, uh, so we know they're going to have that aspect. There's going to be some of the old school CW, but they're finishing up Riverdale this summer. They're finishing up Nancy Drew, they announced at the same time, is also going to be running on Wednesdays and going to be finishing up the same day, Wednesday, August 23rd at 8 p.m., right before Riverdale. The Flash is going to be finishing up, so... There's a lot of wrapping up going on here, but more to the point with Riverdale, along with the premiere date and the series finale date, we also got a big synopsis. As usual with these synopses, again, we're talking about before like, you move. Yeah, sorry, Alex. Before we it's, move on to the synopsis, um, I just want to—is it possible for the cast of Riverdale to sort of take over another show? Like if they show up to like Law and Order and they're like, mm-hmm. "This is our show now," and then they then we do more Riverdale there. Like that's fine. here's that's the thing: it, there's a lot of them, so I feel like they could overpower Brisk Hargitay. Yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> I mean, saying. Come on, or any. I mean, Yellowstone. Haven't we got enough Yellowstone spinoffs? Reds yeah. on the Riverdale. Kevin Costner's getting old. Take him down. Come on. And he's stuck in Santa Barbara apparently. So I think we're ready. <laughs> Let's get into the synopsis, though, because there's a lot to break down here. I'm going to read through, and then I figured we could talk down each character and what our speculation is for them. But, oh, and a, a little note of what, Pete? You're upset That's already. not Pip. What What is happening back there? No, don't get not, distracted by the dogs behind Justin. That, Pete, it's Pete, not Pip. Pete, Pete, sorry, I'm in, a, don't I'm, in a, I'm in a dog exhibit. I'm in a, <laughs> doing this live from a pet store. Okay, I can be right. purchased as a puppy to bring home and talk Riverdale to your family. Oh, that's and nice. These are, I'm surrounded by puppies right now. Okay. Yes. So here's the synopsis. And I do want to mention, as usual with these synopses, they release them. The, I don't think it's going to be the full season. This is the synopsis leading into the season, potentially yeah. the first couple episodes. If you've ever watched Riverdale before, you know, things are probably going to change a little bit as they go. Well, I, because I will say they, they, write, they write this like it is like, here's the whole season and that's all that's going to happen. But, you know, that's a, a trap. This is very much <laughs> the beginning point of the show. And then anything can happen. And there's already twists and turns literally as you read this paragraph. Yeah, so. I was going back. There was a, a preview a couple of weeks ago at Entertainment Weekly of the season where they showed off some pics of everybody in the 1950s. And Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa was like, surprisingly, I think this is our most grounded season. And I was like, all right, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, see you uh, in 20 episodes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a, a man who's getting ready to pull an elaborate prank. Yes. So here we go. Here's the whole synopsis. And again, we'll break it down afterwards. The seventh season of Riverdale goes where no season of Riverdale has dared to go before the 1950s. Picking up where last season ended, Jughead Jones finds himself trapped in the 1950s. He has no idea how he got there, nor how to get back to the present. His friends are no help, as they are living seemingly authentic lives, similar to their classic Archie Comics counterparts, unaware they've ever been anywhere but the 1950s. Archie Andrews is the classic all-American teen, coming of age, getting into trouble and learning life lessons. Betty Cooper is the girl next door, starting to question everything about her perfect life, including her controlling mother, Alice. Veronica Lodge is a Hollywood starlet who moved to Riverdale under mysterious circumstances. Cheryl Blossom is the queen bee with a withering wit and a secret longing. Tony Topaz is an activist fighting for the black students of recently integrated Riverdale High. Kevin Keller is a square crooner wrestling with his sexual identity. Reggie Mantle is a basketball star from farm country. And Fangs Fogarty is a greaser who's destined to be an Elvis-type star. 
It isn't until Jughead is visited by Tabitha Tate, Riverdale's guardian angel, that he learns the cosmic truth about the predicament. Will Jughead and the gang be able to return to the present, or will our characters be trapped in the 1950s forever? And if so, is that such a bad thing? Wow. Wow. Reading this, and especially hearing you I mean, read it, racially, it's like, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's some of the stuff we're going to deal with. But there's like 50 thoughts trying to climb out of my mouth hole at the same time. <laughs> so uh, let's break down all of them. First off, it feels like there's going to be a lot of music. Like mm-hmm. we're leaning into so many, like a lot of the characters. How did you have, read that and then think music? Because you got crooner, you've got uh, Elvis-style greaser. I think okay. Hollywood Starlet's an interesting twist in there. I think we'll get into some Hollywood murder-y, like Black Dahlia-type stuff. Well, do we, let's talk about that first. I mean, not to jump into the middle and talk about Veronica, but I got a lot of questions about what the mysterious circumstances are. I think my mind went in two different directions. One is you got 1950s Hollywood, classic Hollywood murder mystery. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. The other one, which I don't, I'm very hesitant to mention out loud, but what if it's secret pregnancy? Because that's the other Mm. thing of like, she's a Hollywood starlet, goes to a small town where there's no press where she can hide out. That's a possibility as well. That's interesting. Well, and picking up on the the Betty Archie uh, having a baby stuff from last season. Interesting. I tend to think it's more the murder side, especially – coming off of uh, Veronica killing her husband, Veronica killing um, Hiram. I feel like there's definitely she killed somebody energy coming out of that description. Or got involved in a Chinatown style mystery sort of thing. And that allows you to have very 1950s Hollywood gangsters showing up in Riverdale at some point. You could have a whole chase scene to some jaunty music. Yeah, I know. Jaunty music is the watchword. Um, but the, uh, Pete, you referenced it earlier, but I also think um, there's a lot of like issues to talk about here. There's uh, segregation. There's um, uh, c- coming out. It seems like that's going to be a thing. There's some um, class stuff happening here. I feel like Reggie from Farm Country means he's like from the other side of the tracks kind of a thing. Like there's a lot on the table here just in the way these words are chosen. Well, to that point, I think – we should talk about one of the bigger things, which is the end of the synopsis here when we're dealing with Jughead yeah. and Tabitha Tate being Riverdale's guardian angel. Clearly a bit of a leftover from the previous season where we had Jughead thrust backwards because of this comet uh, that Cheryl blew up with a combination of magic and superpowers and a bunch of other things. Phoenix Force, I think, was in there. So this is going back to the EW interview that not so much hinted as outright stated that Jughead is going to be wrestling with this. It'll be resolved at the end of the first episode. And then the second episode, by the end of that, we're going to get some sort of dark mystery, though potentially not like an overarching villain or something like that. So here's my pure speculation based on this. I think Tabitha is going to be the Tabitha for the last season. She's going to remember things just like Jughead. And I think by the end of the first episode, she's going to give Jughead a choice. She's going to say, hey, you can bring everybody back to the current time. We can fix this. We can set everything back to normal. But it's going to be Riverdale. It's going to have this darkness. It's going to have all of the things that have been present over the past six seasons. Or you can leave everybody in the 1950s, and you won't remember anything, and I also won't remember anything, that basically will be reset. And I think Jughead will be presented this choice of, 
do you want to have all these experiences? Do you want to continue your life? And my guess is ultimately you say, no, the best thing my friends have been through so much, so many terrible things have happened. Why not give them a chance for a fresh start? Even if that means I forget Tabitha and loving Tabitha and he's going to trust that they will come back together somehow. So I, I think we will have an actual reset with Jughead's memory and Tabitha's memory. They're not going to leave her out. She's part of this yeah. by the end of the first episode. That was, that's my speculation there. I thought something similar, but for a different reason. I think that um, Jughead will be offered that choice. But his whole thing has always been, this town is dark. This town needs to be saved. I think this is his chance to rewrite Riverdale and mm-hmm. not let the darkness creep in. Because I think he believes in the way that he's spoken in a lot of his narration over the years that at one point Riverdale was a good town. And I think he thinks that it is in the fifties where they are. And that the reason that maybe they were put here is to do this or for him to do this service and, and sort of repair Riverdale before it uh, all falls apart. So that is the choice I think he'll be offered. And I think the, the Tabitha romance is what he's going to sacrifice for, for Riverdale. But to your point, I think they will, come back together. And then this, this season becomes partially their sort of love story, finding each other again. I, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, I think the other part, and this is getting way too far in the speculation, but I don't think we're going to be in the 1950s, purely completely erasing everything that's happened before for 20 to 22 episodes. I don't think that's going to happen. They're clearly still filming right now as we're taping in the 1950s. You know, they put up stuff from set and they're still in that time period, but there's still a couple of months to go. And whether it's in the last couple of episodes or literally the last episode where like we flash through the decades or something like that, I don't think this is a complete reboot. I don't think everybody is going to forget everything and nothing is going to count from six seasons before. Just from a storytelling perspective, that doesn't make sense, but it does give them a chance to freshly reevaluate these relationships, reevaluate these characters, figure out what works and move forward from there. Yeah. And and the beauty of Riverdale is they do things for exactly um, as long as they're fun and then they move on. Like they don't feel beholden to like, ah, we really said we were going to do this 1950s thing. No, as soon as they're like, well, we've eaten this whole meal, let's do something different. And then it's maybe we get like two episodes in the 60s, 70s, 80s, all the way up to present day, which would be cool. Or it jump it slingshots forward. I could see this going into the future for some reason. Like mm-hmm. the, the show, the beauty of this show is it can go anywhere uh, at any time. Now, one thing about this is there are a couple characters that are sort of um, almost left out of this synopsis or treated like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You get yada yada past um, Archie and Betty, mm-hmm. which I thought was like because their their descriptions are like straight over the plate, exactly what you would expect. Um, before we get to Veronica, where the first sort of turn happens. And a, a couple of things about that. I think it's interesting that Jughead is fully the center of this show. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the driving character, and Archie is, in the last couple seasons, I think, has been sort of put on this pedestal almost, where he's the hero who has to choose. He's d- dealing all this stuff, but we, we don't ride with him. We observe him, sort of. And I'm curious if that's going to toggle back to Archie being sort of the one where we're in his head a little bit more and having him decide... Um, where I'm sure we're going to get some Betty Veronica stuff here, but it does feel like this may be an Archie Betty um, situation that we're getting into, uh, which, which I think I, I don't want to coin this term, but I would call it like, I guess, Barchie. 
Oh, that's interesting. I would call it already, but I guess yours works as well. Whatever you want to ship, that's fine. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Yeah. And that seems like a big swerve for the show. I don't feel like there's been any sort of Barchy story baked into it from like the first episode or anything like that. Well, I think it'd be cool. And I don't want to like put my like my <laughs> needs or desires mm-hmm. on the show, but I think it'd oh, be sure. cool to sort of. Put Archie at the center of like some sort of love triangle and have him have to choose or I, I don't know. Just feels like that's a fun, fertile area for conflict. And some people would think one thing and other people. Well, might what think would that be based on? Decades of comics? Come on. Yeah. It's, Come on. It is actually sort of hilarious that we are talking about this when we came into this Riverdale podcast at the very beginning talking about. Archie comics and talking about the love triangle. That's what we always expected from that show. The show from yeah. the very beginning, we were like, I think this is going to happen. It's finally going to happen this season. And now here uh, we are at the end. Pete, you've been con- uh, collecting your thoughts for a couple minutes. Um, yeah. We were just now, do you have anything? We were talking about something that I coined uh, called Barchi, which is like a relationship between Betty and Archie. Like, I, I, just to think? be clear, I called it already, but which yeah, I yeah, we, are, we already did that. What I'm hoping for is when we go back to the 50s is somehow we uh, quickly fight racism. You know what I mean? Like really solve solve <laughs> yeah. racism real oh, quick. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, and then uh, and then we get back to the core of the show. What really pulled all the fans in because Betty and Archie is such a done, tired stupid thing what we found what the show magically found was this new relationship (laughs) this jughead and betty where the dark meets dark and they fit together which just not to interrupt but i call jughetti go ahead uh, this crime fighting <laughs> duo, and I want to see them. You know what I mean? Because I get it. They used to date. Maybe they don't want to do a lot of makeout scenes. Just give me a scene at the end where they've got like eighteen murder boards going, and they're fighting crime in the fifties. And they're just kind of like, you know what? We're just so happy together. They can be on separate sides of the room. I just, I feel like the show. <laughs> they can should be in entirely start, different houses or two different states. They should Find start different shows. Uh, you know, they should. One could be on Law and Order, one could be on Law and Order SVU. It should end where it started with the magical, uh, just relationship that took over the world. I mean, this. So, not to get too ahead of ourselves, I know we have been talking about the end of the series here. I think, as usual with Riverdale, we are 20 to 22 episodes away. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. I appreciate what you're saying, Pete. Thank you for always sticking up for the Jughetti fans out there. Is there a way that we could reset our brains the way that the cast has been? The uh, characters we could just that we... bag our heads real quick. Do you know what yeah. would be really sad is the, the statement that they said this is the most calm uh, season that would be for me just awful because I'm so used to a nitro episode kind of like <laughs> nitro ah, episode. Ah, ah, just like the show is cracked out and and is an insane speed that I've gotten used to and I feel mm-hmm. like uh, they're not gonna change. Uh, no, yeah, well, that's what I'm worried about continue. that statement. That's like, hey, this is really, you know, like, what can we actually get back to what you said about erasing racism for a second? Because uh, oh. something we've talked about a lot on the podcast is how Riverdale deals with issues or does not yeah. that they yeah. swerve. And clearly they are setting this up. We didn't talk about Cheryl and Tony yet, but Tony. I mean, that's activist. also something they got to bring back. They got to figure out how to do that. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Two different thoughts there. But Cheryl uh, is a queen bee with withering wit and secret longing. 
thing. I think there's a lot of talk about like being in the closet. They literally say that with Kevin. He's a square crooner wrestling with his sexual identity. They put out a picture that seems to be that he's dating Betty or at least using Betty as a beard, potentially. So I think we're going to get the same thing with Cheryl, who's going to be longing after Tony. So they're dealing with closeted identities. They're dealing with homophobia in the 50s. They're dealing with racism. How do you feel about that? Are you worried about it? Do you think they're going to nail it? Should we just wait and see? Well, I I think we should just wait and see, obviously. But I I think one criticism we've had is when an issue feels tacked on to our plot-driven story of, like, the drama between the characters. Um, That's when I feel like they're less successful. When they are more successful is when they're like, let's start with dealing with this, and then we'll find a way to tell that story through our characters. And it seems very much so, like I was saying before, that that's what this season is built to do. Like the, mm. all of the way the synopsis is written is about these characters dealing with their different positions in their different sexuality, uh, class, race, all that stuff is right there on the table. So I do think that will be sort of a, a big motivating factor all season long. I hope that because one of the things, the show hasn't been great at dealing with stuff like that. They bring it up, which is commendable. Uh, They kind of uh, touch on stuff, but it would be nice if they kind of, especially in this last season, kind of leaned into some stuff and dealt with it. Um, So we'll see. Uh, I can't believe that the crazy ride is almost over. It's uh, I don't know what I'm going to do once this ends or where we're supposed to go. Yeah. Yeah. We have to go back in time. Uh, but actually, we we just touched on it. I mean, obviously, uh, Barchi, feeling pretty strong. Bughead, so sorry. Um, uh, Shoney, Dude, you had your season. Stop it. Let's, you're you're yeah. over. They're resetting like gonna, for a reason. I feel like I'm going to have one They have to reset season. because they, they already dealt with this. Jabatha, hello. Um, but Alex, Shoney Island, how yeah, are you yeah. feeling? I feel pretty good. I think I really don't want to get into Endgame even for this last season. Like, I think we're getting closer and closer to it. And obviously, when we talk about the episodes and actually see <laughs> well, the footage. Endgame is the last season. It's no, not like no, Endgame happens later. Like, we've seen this description, but we haven't seen any footage. I do think the place that we're starting <laughs> off here. <laughs> what are you talking about? You think they're, they're not going back to the future? Here's my most confident. Here's my, wait, my most confident prediction about Riverdale is we're going to tape an episode after the last episode and be like, I don't, and I'm going to be like, I'm not confident saying end game until I die. (laughs) It's not your end game. It's It's the character's end game. It's when the show ends. When the show ends, we cease to exist, right? Exactly. What happens to us if the show ends? We just disappear into smoke. Yeah, I don't know. It's very funny that we were making fun of Pete for being too caught up. Like, what are we going to do this ends? But Alex, you're the one I'm worried about. I feel like a part of your brain is going to just ghost, <laughs> just like dust off. out of my ears, absolutely. Yeah, Shorty is absolutely a game. I said that last season. I'm going to say that this season. That's set up in the synopsis. If there's one thing that I'm confident about. It is that we are getting Cheryl and Tony back together. Obviously, there's wow. a lot of roadblocks in the way. It's I hope happen. you're right. I'm I not pulling for it. I, I, all yes. I do is... I would love to have that. There are certainly things that I would like, and I think you can intuit some of them based on what we've talked about already in this podcast, but there's a difference between what I'd like and what I think is going to happen, and Shoney is the only one that I feel 100% confident about. What would be uh, very cool is if they just 
this whole season was just Kevin. Like they've never really Kevin's been in the sidelines the whole yeah. time. They just go, it's all Kevin. Well, I, I do want to mention this isn't in the synopsis, uh, but as we're starting to wrap up here, two characters that are added in a recurring capacity this season. One, we've got Nicholas Barash as Julian Blossom, the new Blossom twin slash triplet, now no longer a creepy sailor puppet doll, but an actual real person. So he's going to show up. So that should be interesting in terms of what that does to Cheryl and what that does to the dynamics, as well as the ratio of redheaded characters on the show. And Mm -hmm. then more to the point with Kevin, we are getting the introduction of the actor Carl Walcott as Clay Walker, the character, Carl, Carl, yes, (laughs) Carl. Yes. What the are you walk, doing here? What is walking this dead? Walking oh, dead. Reference. Oh, I see. Yeah. And people do have that name, Pete. I mean, it is the 50s. Maybe they'll he'll be just sitting on top of a roof eating out of a Hershey's The character's truck. name is not Carl. The actor's name is Carl. Oh. The, character, the character's name is Boom. Clay Walker. And Clay Walker in the comics ends up married to Kevin Keller. So Ooh. in terms of Kevin, I think this is a character that's been described as out and confident of their sexuality. So I think Kevin is going to be in the closet and we're going to see a so potential end game there in terms a, of yeah. so bringing it's a Kevin out. It's a classic a Texas, nice romance. Texas Walker Ranger kind of situation. Yep. Cool. Yep. Uh, Walker, Kevin's going to be feeling his Walker independence until he meets Clay Walker and then he's going to walk the aisle with Clay Walker and I don't have a pun for Clay. Uh, walk, walk the aisle is definitely how they say get married. <laughs> if you're excited about getting married. But speaking of relationships, Pete, how early in a relationship is it to um, start your first murder board? Do you think? Oh, man. you. I mean, I think on the first date, you got to bring that up. You know what I mean? Just to mm-hmm. kind of get it out of the way. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Uh, We got a couple of quick characters we should talk about. We talked about Reggie, right? We didn't talk about Alice necessarily. The one remaining adult, all the other adults have literally left Riverdale. Well, I'm sure you guys talked about how Justin uh, expects him to ride back into town, pick up Alice, and then, you know. Justin is going to ride back into town and pick up Alice. That's right. Justin's. uh, I shipped you at the end of Alice. Yeah, Skeet. (laughs) He's always said that Skeet's going to come back into town. Hey, Skeet, if you're not going to do it, brother, (laughs) I am. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, F Palace needs to ride again. What about JT Palace? Does that work? Nope. (laughs) But uh, I want to see a little more from Alice this season. She was under the thrall of, oh, my God, I totally blacked out his name. Woody. But last Gargoyle season, King? Is that what you're going to no, say? Not Uncle, uh, what's his face? The devil. The devil guy from last yeah. season. Jesus Christ. Why can't I remember? Superstar? Whatever. I don't know. Pete, you, you have the name. What did you call him? Uh, Uncle, what's his face? No, not not Uncle Wants his, uh forget it. I should probably cut this part out of the podcast. It's clearly been a while since we <laughs> yeah, talked cut, about Riverdale. Anyway, Alice was out. not much of a character now, in the last season. Major Abbott is so good. I want to see more out of her in this final oh, season. Oh, PP, that's who it PP. is. Percival Pickens, thank you. Yeah. My goodness. So just cut that in in a good way. <laughs> Anything else we want to talk about here before we start to wrap up? Why don't we do this? Why don't we end with big prediction? for season seven, for the final season, at least for the first couple of episodes. Pete, what's your big, bold prediction based on the synopsis, based on the dates, anything? 
Uh, I just, uh, I, you know, I'm hoping my ships align. Um, you know, we've put a lot of time and energy into this show, and you would, you'd like them to see, you know, because I feel like this is a reset uh, season to kind of yeah. get the ships aligned where they're supposed to be. Um, because eventually, uh, you know, I'd like to see the show come back and really focus on the core uh, relationships that are supposed to happen and not uh, play with our emotions. These supposed to happen. Yeah. Um, oh I think sort of in that same vein, my prediction for the beginning is Veronica is going to come to town and really catch Archie's eye. So I think we are going to get some did Archie. That. We already did that. I think that's partially the point of the season is to be like, you know, we do the same things over and over again in our lives as people, but eventually we make, we have to make a choice. And I think that's what the season's about. It's about true love, lost love, all those things. And I think um, Barchi will happen for a little bit here before we get back to Barchi. And this I do is think, before, them, them, wait, did you just say Barchi will happen for a little bit before we get back to Barchi? Uh, I said Varchi, but um, oh, okay. I, <laughs> we're going to get some Varchi and then we're going to stop that and then get some real Varchi. You know what I mean? Like Varchi, Varchi, Varchi. I'm going to be a Pokemon that only says the word Varchi. <laughs> but I do think the main spine love story of this season is Jughead and Tabitha. Mm, good, bold prediction there. Mm. I think one of the big things that we are going to get here, and Pete, this is when you were frozen in fear earlier, but I threw out the idea that Jughead's going to get this choice from Guardian Angel Tabitha of, do you want to return to modern Riverdale, or do you want to stay here and forget everything? And he's going to ultimately choose to stay there because he's going to think, oh, we're in this more pure, innocent place. I think the point of this season, my bold prediction, is we're going to find out there's darkness everywhere. There was this implication from the very beginning of the show that the death of Jason Blossom is what kicked off the darkness in Riverdale. But we found out over the course of six seasons now that that has always been present under the surface. That's always been there. It's gone back decades. It's gone back centuries as we've had the implication. And I think we're going to get the same thing here through some more realistic darkness like we've been talking about with racism, with homophobia, with other uh, rights issues that I think they're potentially going to explore. And whether that's Jughead getting back his memory and realizing, oh, wait, this is just part of life or not, I think we're ultimately going to loop back to this idea of this is what America is. Riverdale is America. I've been mentioning that for six seasons so far. Yeah. That's the essential metaphor they're using. And I think that's what we're going to get back to here, potentially in a more realistic way. Pete, you, you want to yeah. contradict that? You think racism is going to be solved in the first episode? Take it away. Nope, that's not what I think. But I think that uh, uh, I hope what you said, uh, you and Justin said, doesn't come true because that would definitely suck. I think it would be fun if it was just uh, they showed Cheryl's family in the 50s completely normal just everybody (laughs) there's no murder wigs there's no like creepiness it's like the sunniest place uh and it would just be nice to see uh cheryl uh in a loving environment and what that could mean for her but also maybe uh in the 50s her uh brother doesn't die and we would i would like to at least See uh, her get to get some quality uh, brother time uh, would yeah, be nice to, for say a couple more things words. to uh, kind of end on. It would be nice to kind of have it be a good reset and the key word being good reset. 
Yeah, we'll have to see what happens. Obviously, we are going to be there for every single episode of this show as it airs all the way through August. And then we're just going to put out hours and hours of us sobbing and crying and turning into smoke and all of those good things. Yeah. Yeah. If you would like to support this podcast. What? what? Yeah. I'm probably going to turn in one of those lake monsters, you know, and just kind of uh, uh, walk monsters. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't it? uh, Was it Tony? Tony. La Lorona. Yeah, yeah. That's something we can work on after the show ends. Stop doing that. If you would like to support this podcast and all the podcasts, we do patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Riverdale, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Riverdale Dark on Twitter, Riverdale After on Instagram, Riverdale After Dark on Facebook, Comic Book Club Live for this podcast and many more until next time we'll see you after dark you guys hungry you want to grab some barchi with a side of barchi and a big old wash it down with a big old glass of barchi 